Welcome to El Taita Podcast with your host, Carlos Detelier. Episode one, what do I do with this creature? So this is actually my first podcast. So welcome guys, well, ladies and gents from joining. Uh, this is an idea I had a while ago and I'm finally putting it into practice. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to share with you guys my experience as a first time dad. I recently became a father of a newborn son, and a very proud father for that matter. So the purpose also, additionally to this podcast, is to not only share with you guys like how uh, my experiences with you know having a baby and everything else, but also to make it kind of fun, informational, and just overall, all-around great podcast that you guys can enjoy, whether you're stuck in traffic or going to work. I just want to give me a chance to listen to this podcast since there's so many other dad podcasts, I'm pretty sure, that are top ranked compared to what I'm creating now. But uh, like I mentioned, I wanted to give it a shot. So also, additionally, I'm going to be doing a podcast uh, every week. And what that entails, so it's going to cover from like the first week since my son was born, then the second week, third week, and so on and so forth. Until we reach every milestone, which is going to be, you know, one month, two months, and things like that. So... With that being said, here we go. The first thing I want to say is that I um, I have learned a lot from this experience. And since I'm covering this first episode with the first week of my son's birth, there's a lot to share with you uh, folks in regards to this matter. To begin with, my son, when he was born, and I kid you not, the irony of the number, he was 9 pounds and 11 ounces when he was born. So, yes, 9-11. So, my wife decided to have him as natural birth. And we did all the checks we had to do with the gynecologist, the doctor, something like that. And I quote, if my wife, she said, if I would have known our son was going to be that big, I would have done a C-section. She went natural when she had him. That's correct. I said it right. She went natural when she had him. And um, she's doing good. She, she's a trooper. She's a warrior. Um, she's recuperating. Our son is doing good, thank God. Um, health is good. Everything is good. But yes, he was a big baby. And it was just amazing just to uh, be there in the room with her. I'm surprised the fact that I'm still telling the story. She didn't kill me the first time because, you know, every every parenting experience is, is different. I mean, me, uh, I don't know, for the, for the fathers out there. If some of the, you had the chance to have the experience to share with your wife, being in the room with her when the baby was being born, or you know, for things that happened in life, maybe you were out of work, and then when you came back, boom, the son was born or the daughter was born, whichever is your case, uh, and choice of a child that was granted to you. But uh, me, I had the experience, I guess, for a proper wording to just be there for the whole thing and I was there with my wife you know um, until the baby was born the situation got not complicated per se but it got to a point where uh, my wife had a due date and our son was packed to due date so she had to get hospitalized and then kind of check so I think uh, I forgot the proper term for that um, it's a term where you have to get hospitalized because once your baby is, is due at a certain time, then, you know, if you're not due with the due date, you have to come back and then have to help you 
uh, basically give birth. I forget the term. Uh, I might be running on a couple of hours of sleep while I do this podcast, which is totally understandable when you're a new parent. Um, but my point is, basically, they help you give birth to a child once the due date is passed. Um, so, yes. So, going back to the original experience, the first of the, the, the not the first thing, but the biggest thing out of all this is I want to share with you, especially you ladies out there, all the new moms, or second time mom, or third time mom, I have to say hats off to you for this experience and bringing a child into the world. Because when I was there in the in the operating room with my wife, well, in the delivery room actually, not operating room, in the delivery room, I don't want to make it sound worse than it is because it wasn't worse. Uh, hats off to you for going through all that. Um, I'm pretty sure you had some mixed emotions, you know, with uh, us for putting you in that position and I completely understand. Like I mentioned before, I'm surprised that my wife didn't kill me. <laughs> uh, for putting her through all that, but uh, after everything, uh, you know, it was it was great experience, and it still is. So, to pass a few days after the deliverance of our son, uh, we came home, and this is when it gets tricky because you know we have to think about it in the baby's perspective, where the baby is in the womb, and then there's no light, there's no sound. If you think about it, it's quite comfortable. You have, you know, unlimited food. Uh, the, the mommy carries you around as a baby everywhere. So you have nothing to worry about. And then once you become, you know, born into the world, you're like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> like, ah, oh, man, you know, I had it so well in there in the belly, in the tummy, in the womb. Now I got to see. I got to get used to the lights, used to the sound, used to people, used to all this other stuff. So, yeah, it's very challenging for babies just to get acclimated to the new system, you know, the outside world, as it may. But um, me personally, as a new new dad, I'm still trying to get acclimated. My son, particularly, uh, every child is different. A lot of people can actually um, give you a bunch of advice and say, "Hey, you know, do this with your child. You do this, do this." And some of the advice might work, might be helpful. But at the end of the day, it's your child, and you have to see what kind of kinks and what kind of things make him tick because it's your blood. So therefore, you have to see based on your genes, and you can make your own conclusions. Bottom line is, whatever helps. Go for it. And that's kind of what I did. See, my son, when he was born within the week, and after the third day of being in the hospital, uh, because it was a very um, elaborate procedure, um, everything was fine, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. But after going through the procedure, once we were releasing and going back home and getting acclimated to everything, he had to get used to different patterns as a newborn baby, obviously. So the, tr- the biggest, um, or the trickiest thing, I should say, is the pattern of, like, he had different patterns of crying. So he had a different pattern when he was crying when he needed a diaper change. And he had a different pattern of crying when he needed a, you know, he needed to be fed or he need, he was uncomfortable about something. And the first week it was great for me because I knew exactly what to do. Now, that might not be the case for some of you new parents or some of you having a second child. You know, I heard that if you have a second child, this is my first, as I mentioned before, it becomes a little bit easy because you had your first, so you went through all of that, so you had that experience, therefore, you know, you know what to kind of expect for the second one. But me becoming being a new and becoming a new parent and a new dad, then obviously it's tricky. So I kind of memorized the patterns for the first week where he had two different crying patterns. And every single time he cried in a different way, he needed that to change, 100% guarantee. And I was so thankful for that. 
because once that was changing somewhere at the end of the week, I didn't know what to do. Let me tell you something, guys. Um, for all you new dads listening out there, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I love my son. He's adorable. Um, you know, it's the best thing that's happened to us. But there's some days that I was going insane. I wasn't mad at him because obviously babies can't communicate. I was mad at myself because I wish I understand what he needed. If it would have been like, you know, babies can't communicate because they're fairly new, but he would have been like, hey, dad, I need you to get me this. I'll be like, son, no problem. I got you. But no, that's not the case. So it's, it's kind of tough. You will get frustrated, but don't lose hope. Your patterns will change. But at the end of the day, you'll get used to it. You'll adapt. I mean, you have to. You have to for the sake of your own son or daughter, if you had a daughter. And that's basically what it is, folks. Um, so the biggest thing about this is that um, during the experience of the week, following through midweek to the end of the week, he had the same pattern for the crying, for the diaper change, the feeding, and everything like that. But coming to the sleeping patterns was a little bit different. Uh, the certain days that he would sleep a lot, and that's completely normal, during the day. And there's some days that he would sleep a lot during the night. I mean, they're basically like cats. You know, cats sleep like 20 hours a day, so they could just leave him there and then just keep an eye open and then keep track of them. So for you busy parents out there, I definitely recommend in investing in a nanny cam or a, not webcam per se, but, uh, you know, a cam that you can keep track of the child, of the baby. Um, in this case, I actually invested in a camera that has NAR, active noise reduction. So there's a bunch of cameras out there. Uh, I am not being paid by any sponsor of this uh, podcast, but I will throw every once in a while in there. Uh, some of the products that I have just for bragging rights. And if I do get a sponsor, it would be great because, you know, Pampers aren't cheap. So uh, Pampers or Huggies, if you're listening to this podcast out there, I'll gladly appreciate if you sponsor the next podcast or send me a nice supply for uh, Pampers because uh, they go by quick. <laughs> With that being said, going back to the camera, I bought a camera and there's a couple of cameras and this, you know, goes to how technology, technological you want to be. I am a very techie guy so i like my tech toys uh but i heard rumors and this is just speculation that if you have a camera that it connects to wi-fi it could have problems with the connection it could get hacked or whatever reason so i personally decided to go with the route that i have a camera with a monitor that goes strictly strictly fed uh with the connection of the camera therefore it has no wi-fi connection it has no interruptions and it has no disruptions with that being said, I went with the Infant Optics um, DXR8 Pro. It's a camera that I, I, I bought on Amazon. It costs about $200 to get. And it's just the monitor itself with just one camera. You can get an additional camera if you want it later on for another $100. If for some reason your monitor breaks, you can get a... I think the monitor itself costs like $50. I'm not 100% sure, but I know the camera itself costs $100. You can check it out on Amazon anytime you want. I don't have the link on it like that. Like I said, I'm not being paid by any sponsorship. This is just me buying stuff that I thought might be suitable for my child. Your parents can decide whatever's best for your child in terms of gear, you know, in terms of clothes. I could just, like I mentioned at the beginning of this very early in the podcast, I'm just sharing my experience on what I have and, you know, what I'm getting. So, yeah, so I had that camera and it has kind of come in handy. Um, the NAR, as I mentioned before, is uh, active noise reduction. So there's certain cameras that captivate the whole sound of where the baby is. And the NAR that I have for the camera that I mentioned, 
encapsulates a sound specifically for just the baby. So if the baby decides to move or starts crying, it only captivates his incoming noise. I have a sleeping machine next to him, as well as a humidifier, which by the way, parents, is definitely a good thing to have, a humidifier. The sleeping machine, well, I recently got it uh, as a present in the baby shower, which I'm thankful for. Uh, you don't have to, you can use your phone if you want, you can set it up any way you like, but I have that. And it does come in handy because it does help the baby soothe his sleep, considering that there is a type of noise that the sound machine makes that is called uh, white noise. It's basically just a static noise that just goes on forever. And it seems to suit the baby. So that's kind of one option that I pick whenever I try to put him to sleep. I would also pick like uh, ocean sounds on like Forest Lake in the afternoon. He likes that. Like I mentioned, you got to find what works for your baby. Those are the sounds that work for me. And the sound, um, the sleep machine works wonders. And why is this relevant to the camera is because whenever I put the active noise reduction, it doesn't pick up any other noises from the sound machine or the humidifier. It just strictly focuses on the baby, which I like. And again, as I mentioned, you parents can pick whatever option you want. Um, you know, there's plenty of options, good options on Amazon. Uh, if you want, I can point it out in the next podcast. But this first podcast, I'm kind of just going all around on the experience. Uh, but if you guys want me to discuss that in the next podcast, I can for the stuff that I have. You don't have to get the same stuff that I have. I just like to have, you know, the best or second best, depending on uh, on the pricing because things do get expensive. <laughs> so parents, keep that in mind. All right, so moving on. So towards the end of the week and more of a conclusion to this podcast, and I'm hoping I didn't bore you guys with it, um, it's the fact that closer to the end of the week, he started changing the pattern and in sleep, but more sleep, more in feeding too, because as babies grow, they need to eat more. So uh, for the mothers out there, um, one thing in our experience between me and my wife is that don't get frustrated if you're not producing enough milk. It's okay to be to give your baby formula, um, or you can use the formula as a backup. When we were at the hospital. It turns out that we had, because um, there's a couple of specialists, there's a couple of doctors, nurses that are trained to help the baby and help the mama, the new mama anyways. Um, but the specialists that are designed to help the baby, they give a lot of information, a lot of instructions. And one of the most common and best instructions they gave us is that if you're not breastfeeding, they will use, it's okay to use like the formulas. There's some of the bottles that they actually sell pre-made. Uh, and you can give them a little bit of that and then they'll be fine. Don't have to give them the whole bottle because you got to adapt to the baby's stomach, the, you know, the, the more it grows. So at the beginning, so it has a small stomach and then you give him a small dose and he should be fine. But uh, yes, ladies, so uh, for the new mamas, don't get frustrated if you're not producing any milk, that will come in time, okay? There's several tricks that I heard, that I read, uh, especially in the Spanish community, <laughs> uh, shout out. Um, if you drink Malta, um, non-alcoholic Malta, so keep that in mind if you're breastfeeding, non-alcoholic is the way to go, it will help you produce more milk. It has worked for my wife. It could work for you ladies too, if you decide to go that route. Um, also, non-alcoholic beer, because of the yeast in it, it helps you produce milk naturally. Um, you can try it. Um, there's also a couple of foods that you can get. 
I got my wife cookies so she can produce milk, but the cookies weren't as great as the Malta is. Okay, so that's, you know, a tip for you ladies if you uh, go on that route. And like I mentioned, don't get frustrated because that same thing happened to my wife and now she's actually producing a lot more milk than she was before. So it's great for the baby. But I'll get to that point and in time where you'll get frustrated, just just don't, it's, 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 a, it's a process. That's what it is. Some ladies produce more milk at the beginning, maybe later on, but no matter what the reason is, don't feel bad. Okay, if you have the formula, use it as a supplement, or if you want to use something else, you can too. Alrighty, folks, so I want to thank you for giving me a chance to do this podcast with you. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will catch you on the next podcast. Um, I forgot to mention the title of the podcast. So, El Taita Podcast. Taita is a Chilean term, because I was born in Chile, South America. That means father figure. So that's why I made it like I wanted to make it a little bit unique and some was born in Chile and you know I wanted to add that mix in there. So all of those who who don't know what it means, Taita means father figure. Alrighty? So that's why I call it the Taita Podcast. Alrighty folks. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I uh, will catch you on the next one. Peace.